I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my business partner, colleague and friend, Mr. Nick Hodge, who's also an investor and the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle, among other things. This is the 242nd episode of our weekly therapy session that we like to call Investing in Bizarro World. We're going to talk Gina, we're going to talk gold, we're going to talk uranium, we're going to talk the Fed and the pending Fed decision, I believe November the 1st. We'll get into some of the madness going on around the world. Mr. Hodge, first and foremost, as always, how are you today, sir? I'm doing very well, Gerardo. We got our first snow in the Pacific Northwest this week. The temperatures have dropped commensurately with the broader indices. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm wearing a, a pullover here, so you know it's starting to get cooler over here in Texas as well. But you know, given the state of stuff going on around the world, I am thankful and healthy, as is the family. We know, you know, we get daily reminders now on on, on a mass scale about how quickly that can change. So I never take it for granted. So long-winded way of saying I'm doing really, really well. Um, obviously, want to talk markets and and, and want to talk oil and you know all the the games being played in the lithium space, which are really interesting to me, but yeah, I, I'd be remiss to not touch on two things. Um, Israel and Palestine. I mean, that, 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 that is not trending in the right direction. And it's just tough to see some of the images coming out um, from that region. Wanted to touch on that just briefly and have to mention Maine, right? Another mass shooting um, guy walks in with an assault. Uh, hmm. Guy walks in with an assault rifle. There's 100 people in there. He kills 18 at last count. Um, he injures over 20. Um, people that are just fucking bowling, man. Just enjoying an evening, maybe having a beer. Maybe they're in a bowling league. Maybe they're teaching their kid to bowl. And again, I am a fierce, fierce, fierce defender of the Second Amendment. And I absolutely believe in it. But I'm also a fierce believer that the way that we own weapons in this country is moronic it's stupid and what i mean by that is is the lack of measures and we've said this so many times because it keeps happening in our country the lack of measures in place to make sure that people are trained properly are vetted properly have some sort of defense mechanism for you know these mass shootings that continue to happen is that going to solve everything no but the way we treat mental health, it, mental health illnesses in this country, the lack of background checks in a lot of places, which, which, which is basic, um, the lack of emphasis on really tracing, you know, not just weapons, but ammunition. Um, and look, this guy's still on the run. Uh, the family is encouraging him to turn himself in. There's red flags. There's always red flags after the fact, right, that everybody noticed and, 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 and you know, now wants to talk about. But again, I just... I, I don't have the solution. I'm not smart enough. It's above my pay grade. I just know we're doing the bare minimum. And in a lot of places, our politicians are doing the opposite Damn. of making responsible, safe gun ownership a possibility. They're making it to where you can be reckless and impulsive and violent and have domestic violence in your background and have abuse cases in your background. And, you know, oftentimes I don't even have a background check right now. I need to purchase any weapon. So... Should be at least as tough as getting a driver's license, but who am I, right? Just Gerardo Del Real outside of Austin, Texas, looking at the madness and uh, yeah, just heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. And 
you know, it, it, it's getting to a point now where you think about, you know, freedom and, and rights. And of course, you have the freedom and, and, and the rights of the uh, Second Amendment. But you, you also and, and, and coming from a father now, right, of, of three kids that are yeah. growing up. And you mentioned taking kids to the bowling alley. And it was like teen night or something, too, with that bowling alley, by the way. So there's that. Um but, you know, you also have the freedom and the right to, like, not go out in public and, and, and be fearful and, and be worried. Right. And so we have to we have to strike a balance there. Um, it, you know, a personal story. I went to the movies. Yeah. And, you know, I never go to the movies. So uh, you see? The movies for the Killers of the Flower Moon. Ooh, how is it? Died to it was see good. It, no pun I mean, intended. <laughs> it's long. It's long. Three and a half hours. But it's good. And, and we went because we had both my wife and I had both read the book. Mm. Uh, recently and so um it was worth going to check out and, and it was good but um i packed heat and i haven't really carried my firearm in in a while like i don't generally take it when i go out but um given the um the location right of a theater you know that where the exits are and having your back to the wall and then what you know previous theater shootings you know i thought before why i mm -hmm. went on a date with my wife to, to slip my firearm into absolutely the back, of my, back of my pants right which i'm um, you know, licensed to do here in the state of Washington. So you shouldn't have to like consider that before you go out though and like and take that step. So anyway, just a personal anecdote, but you mentioned uh, the mental health and it, it's interesting, right? Because you get back into a rights debate. One of the more interesting things I, I've seen uh, written about lately, and I think there's actually some uh, about it in the fourth turning is about, yes, how we treat mental health, but how we give the entitle the patient, right? Like the trend for the past, however long, you know, saculum, if you want to call it, not saculum, um, uh, period, 20 year period has been towards like patient rights, right? Like I'm allowing the patient to decide, you know, if they want to be admitted or allowing the patient to check themselves out. Whereas in the seventies and eighties, we had more mandatory stays and you could be committed by family members and things. And um, there's an inverse relationship with the amount of rights we give to the patient to, to, to not be in a mental institution, to not be hospitalized, um, and, and the amount of mental health related mass shootings, right? Uh, it's, it's pretty clear. And so, and, and, and people are snapping, I guess, is the other thing I was yeah. going to say that we've read a lot more recently, and there's been more academic studies about deaths of despair, right? Um, deaths of despair are, you know, span the gamut, you know, suicides, um, uh, suicide murders, et cetera, for different reasons, alcoholism, um, fi financial wealth disparity, yep. substance abuse, uh, opioids, et cetera. Um, but the point here is there's the, all these myriad stressors and more people are taking their lives um, and dying earlier, not just taking their lives, but, you know, dying of heart disease or, you know, dying of whatever it is it's in some cases because they can't afford treatment. And this has led to um, just more stress on on well everyone but you know certainly um a generation that has you know already lived through uh, and this is really getting the generational stuff you mm -hmm. know um, increasing <clears throat> wars we just talked about the middle east for example um financial recessions the global financial recessions in 2008 the wiping out of savings and housing and so anyway all this compounds into stressors and i was thinking about the the pilot you know this week who who um, had seemingly had a mental breakdown and, and shut off the engines in the in the Alaska Airlines flight. Yeah. So, you know, whether you walk into a bowling alley with an AR or um, whether you're riding in the jump seat of a of a of an Embraer, I think it was a 175, and and decide to kill both the engines with 80 people on board. Yeah, uh, I think there's some of the same stressors involved and some of the same mental states involved. And 
uh, definitely worth um, spending some time both there and on the, the the gun laws, red flag laws, I think, particularly as they relate to the to mental yeah. health in, in times of crisis. Well said. Um, heart goes out to everyone out there. Thoughts and prayers aren't going to do it, folks. Uh, we need some actionable items. And so um, let's hope that we see some of those. Let's um, let's dive into the markets. It's been an interesting another interesting week in the lithium space. I have to start there. Right. Um, Gina Reinhardt. She's got deep pockets. She doesn't like people coming in her backyard and trying to scoop up assets. And she doesn't mind <laughs> buying with reckless abandon. She is now rumored after, you know, killing the Albemarle deal um, to have been, you know, accumulating a stake, a 15% stake in Azure Minerals, right? And... Again, great hits, great intercepts. I'm not going to poo-poo the deposit or the potential or the potential scale. They had some metallurgical results a few months back that, that, that you know, lead you to believe that the operating costs are going to be higher than, you know, deposits like Corvette or, or other types of deposits that are lower cost. But all that being aside, congrats to them because they just got nearly $3 billion offer um, without a resource even in place. And so... I didn't understand the end game. I reached out to a couple of, of folks down under and their response was pretty unanimous to me. It was that they believe the end game is she doesn't want people in her backyard buying up Australian assets. And, you know, the the rumor is that she's got a 5% stake in Patriot. Again, kudos to the team over there for getting the $3 billion offer. Gina's now stepped in and... um apparently again wants a seat at the table and wants a pretty big seat at the table and it's going to be interesting to see if that three billion dollar offer is is consummated or you know if she comes in again and takes another one off the board all of that however it plays out i have no skin in the game i don't own any shares of the company but it bodes really really well for large scale very low cost projects like corvette that have the potential to be you know once in a lifetime type deposit so yeah, interesting to me. Any 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 end game thoughts that I might be missing other than the nationalist angle of don't fucking say, touch seems our like assets. Ex- seems like an expensive hobby. <laughs> it seems like an expensive hobby. Right. Indeed. Interesting to watch. Um I, I suspect we're gonna see some more of this, but I will say this uh for our friends down under. They 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 they've been protecting um their border well as it relates to who's going to control uh, the nation's resource richness. Yeah, I mean, what are your wider thoughts on the on the on the lithium space of of late? I guess I was reading a report from um, Alchem saying their recent sales price was about twenty five thousand dollars a ton of lithium carbonate. I was talking to a gentleman who's got a a fund out of New York this week who's been investing. Um, mm-hmm. They're invested in um, MindHub and are, are keen on on Q2. And, and and he was wondering, you know, I think what everyone wonders is, you know, I see all these lithium companies coming. I see all these new projects. He was like, are we at a point where we need to start worrying about um, oversupply? And I know I've asked you this before, and, and, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer that, you know, discoveries aren't mines and, um, you know, uh, having a, a drill hole in, in, in a pegmatite doesn't mean that, you know, that whole ore body is, is mineralized, et cetera. But, you, you know, what are your thoughts? 
I always defer to the smarter people in the room. In this case, you know, the Joe Lowry's sure. of the world, the Simon Moore's of benchmark um, research. They do phenomenal work. And look, the consensus across the board, whether you're listening to earnings calls, you know, from the major producers or you're listening to analysts where literally that's all they do, right? I dabble in copper, I dabble in gold, I dabble in, you know, lithium, all sorts of things. But the consensus amongst the experts that are really crunching the numbers is there is going to be a shortage, not an oversupply for the reasons you stated. There simply aren't the amount of quality discoveries that can be permitted and built within the next five to 10 years to supply the market with the projected growth. Now, could the projected growth slow? Sure. It could also accelerate, right? And and, and so there's two kind of... um. Two, um, two sides to that coin. I was listening to a presentation uh, from Ken of Patriot fame, not executive chairman, and he was talking about the price manipulation. He touched on that a bit, but he talked about how the run up to 80,000 wasn't sustainable and it was because of capacity mismanagement from China where there were scrambling to secure supply at any price. That's what caused that, that that jump higher. And he talked about how now in the West, we're doing the exact same thing. We're, 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 we're not, we, we're ramping up capacity to build and, and to produce, but the supply isn't that being point. ramped up concurrently. And he said he absolutely expects prices to once again resume that volatile, you know, up and down chart that goes that way, the way we want it to go. Um, in the not too distant future, he thinks the softness is is, is seasonal. The softness was healthy, uh, but he a- absolutely sees you know a near and midterm future where lithium prices will be volatile, but they're going to be volatile to the upside, and we're likely at or near a bottom. And right. you know, again, they are much more plugged into the everyday um, dialogue that goes on between the Albemarles and the Pilbaras and you know the big major producers out there than I am. And so when, when, when all of the smarter people in the room are saying, echoing the same sentiment, I, I, I tend to believe them. Then when I look at a company like Argentina Lithium, which, you know, secured $90 million with a $30 million market cap at the time um, from Stellantis to become, you know, a, a major shareholder, but for, for a fraction of the company. The reasoning for that deal was, again, explained to me really clearly by the CEO, Nico. He said, it's security of supply, not price that's important to the companies and the groups that we're talking to right now. Stellantis wants to know its business model is viable over the next five to 10 years. And if that means giving us, you know, three times our market cap at the time for a 20% stake and a seat at the table for supply, then that's what it takes. And so all of that, all of that bodes really, really well for patient speculators in the lithium space. And, and, and look, that doesn't mean we can't have softness again uh, for the next couple of months. That's very, very possible. We have tax loss selling in the market. Uh, we have frustrated shareholders uh, across the lithium space that have only seen gains for a couple of years, right? And all of a sudden are looking and saying, oh shit, I'm down 50% from where I started the year. Um, you have companies like Patriot. People forget, I, I pulled up a one-year chart. Patriot's 52-week low. We're like, that beat 75 or 80% higher than that, right? Despite the recent pullback. And look, I haven't been pleased with the share price pullback. Though again, the execution has been phenomenal and eventually it'll catch up. 
And, you know, the more pieces that you take off the table, the better it is for Patriots. So I, I, I don't worry about my lithium investments. As you know, I've been writing, you know, bigger checks in, in, in multiple private lithium companies. I really like James Bay. Uh, can't, can't, can't not mention, you know, Q2. It's drills are turning. Uh, we should have an update there soon. So there's a lot to like. The James Bay region is what I really, really like because of all the capital that's coming in. Uh, because I think there's going to be exp expedited permitting um, that happens because of the capital that's coming in. And again, all of that bodes well for the checks that we're writing. Does that mean that, you know, Patriot goes to 20 or 30 tomorrow? No, because I thought it should have been there six, seven months ago, frankly. But, you know, don't, don't, don't confuse share price for value, folks. Know what you own um, and own what you know is, is what, I, what I like to encourage everyone to do. Well, yeah, valuation is not a catalyst as the saying goes um and oh, you make yeah. patents and you know i was quoting that wonderful song from guns and roses in mm -hmm. my foundational profits issue for october and it's um appropriate because um it is going to take some time for um, some of these resource stocks to turn around um and at the same time uh, i guess the the point i was making in that issue and, and that i want to make here is that in, in <laughs> some sense uh, we saw it coming and prepared for it, right? It's not like you were sitting here blindsided. And you know, obviously, you know, we told you a couple of weeks ago that that October was going to be rough. But even before that, um, you know, going back to 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 late 2021 for me, you know, getting out of the energy trade and in 2022 getting really much larger into uh, cash is if we put ourselves in a position to be patient. Mm -hmm. um, it's not like we have to to to, to chase down or to um, average down, you know, we're sitting in a lot of cash that we can be patient. And, and that's what I, that's what I wanted to say is, you know, you're here in, in October, getting close to November, um, with, um, significant weakness in, in the resource market. You know, the TSXV has only been, uh, this cheap in, uh, 2008 Sweet. and, um, uh, the, 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 the real, you know, weakness in, in the 2015, 2016 resource market. And so, um, you're getting into tax loss now and, um, you know, it feels better to have cash than to not have cash and just to, to be sitting, watching your stocks go down. And, 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 and I guess this is the real point and having to capitulate, right? Cause if you remember mm. when we were having this broader market bounce in over the summer in July and August, and then, then heading into the fall, I was telling you that I had sold some stuff, right. Sure. To, to pay some bills, <laughs> right. But taxes to pay got whatever, fall tuition for the kids. And so it was better to have done that now than to have waited until that liquidity crunch got even worse and the algorithms kicked in, which is what you're seeing in the markets now. You asked me what I was watching for in the markets the past yeah. two weeks, and I said volatility. And you know, now look at the where the VIX index is now and look at the cascading we're selling, that cascading selling we're seeing, even with 4.9% um, on the GDP, which just came out. Um, which is, you know, primarily government driven, but the, let's set that aside for a second and uh, decent earnings out there, right? Yeah. You know, last quarter we had negative earnings growth. I was telling you this yep. quarter, you know, Microsoft comes out and crushes it. And what happens? This mag magnificent seven immediately, you know, starts trading the other way. And, and yeah. those were the seven stocks that have been uh, bolstering the market. And, and why is that? It's because the you know, the market's looking ahead and, and, and it's what at least, I, you know, I, I've been writing in part is that, yeah, you're going to get good GDP right now, but that growth is going to slow down again in, in, in this quarter, the current quarter, Q4 and in Q1, 
and that's going to present great opportunity, not just in, in lithium stocks, but in um, you know uh, other stocks as well. So went off on a bit of a macro tangent there, but um, easy to be patient, easier to be patient when you one have cash and two don't have to to sell for your own liquidity means. Yeah, c couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, just circling back and, and coming full circle on Patriot. You know, again the fifty-two week low, just to be accurate, is four eighty-five Canadian. The stock's sitting at ten thirty-seven, folks. So. I understand if you bought at 15 because you started buying at 15. You're not happy that it's at 10. I wouldn't be either. Um, I'm not happy that it's at 10. I bought at 16 cents with a 25 cent warrant and then double down on that on the 34 cent financing. So, you know, I don't say that to brag. I say that to say being early is what allows us oftentimes to get in a position where if a stock pulls back 50%, like Patriot has many times over, you can afford to sit on that and say, okay, I know what I own. I, I I know the trend. Company's cashed up. It's executing. Just wait for this to pass. And so I think I think we're at a bottom in, in the lithium spot price. Um, the real lithium spot price. What producers are selling it for? And I think it's brighter days ahead. And again, for for Miss Gina, curious to see where she deploys that uh that checkbook next. And look, it happens quick, folks. The other the other side to 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 the lithium equities coin is. You could wake up and have your company, you know, pitched an offer at 100% premium, right? The, the the offer for reserve was a 55% premium, I believe, to the 10-day moving average. This in a down market. So, you know, do you do 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 you want to be on the sidelines when that happens and and, and miss that? I I personally don't, but everybody's got to make their own decisions. Again, my losses are my losses, not yours, and my gains are my gains, not yours too. So it's it's we all got to be big boys and girls and uh, know why we're writing the checks and know why we're selling stuff and, and be accountable for those decisions. Mm -hmm. We have a gold market. Let's pivot really quick into that. Um, gold's back at the 1980 level. Technically, it looks good. I want to ask the chartist Nick to look at his crystal ball <laughs> and uh, tell us what the technical levels are. I mean, it's it's interesting, man, because this these rates and the, this dollar is so strong and even with the the, the short-term rates at, at 5% now, any weakness in those rates, even though they're overall strong, is is fanning gold. So um, at the same time, you mentioned a, a Fed meeting we got coming up here in November, which you know I think he's going to punt. As we were talking about uh, recently, the market went ahead and, and raised rates for him, yep. um, him being uh, Jerome Powell. So uh, you know, I don't think he's got a raise here in November. It, We'll wait and see how this, you know, fourth quarter the GDP shapes up and then what we look like heading into the new year. But I think he takes his foot off the gas and, you know, we just stay higher for longer. I told you last week that, um, you know, what was needed for gold to go to all time highs was just for gold to go to all time highs. But that, you know, I expected a consolidation north of 1900 before that happened. And hey, you're starting to get that now. It's actually held up better than. I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to consolidate down closer to, you know, the 1910, 1915 level, which you're getting some sideways action in the in the 1970s here. And I think that's still because you've got the um, the risk off geopolitical sentiment trade still on. Right. Um, we had said that um, the response from Israel was a bit delayed. Right. We 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 at least I, I talk in terms of I, I and I think the market thought there was going to be a ground invasion um sooner and that, and that was delayed a little bit and that allowed um, oil to pull back a little bit but just in the past couple of days we've seen 
um, more airstrikes from Israel, a preparation and an announcement of a, a ground invasion. And I so I think that's what's allowing um, gold and then to a certain extent um, Bitcoin to remain higher. So um, gold looks good. Uh, worthy of buying on on pullbacks here. What does a pullback look like at this po point? Um, right now, like in the next week, a pullback looks like 1955 or something like that. Um, and, and yeah, you've got to allocate. Uh, GLD has held up really well. The stocks have not been as strong. So, you know, and I mean, pick your flavor. If you look at like, what did I see? Newmont, you know, just digested Newcrest, for example, paid $17 billion for it, but only added $4 billion in market cap. You can't make that up on volume. Um, you know, you've got, you know, other producers out there reporting reality, right? Like Oceana Gold coming out, report, reporting higher costs and um, not a great quarter and, and just not being um, rewarded in the market because they're equities. The same way with lithium, right? The fundamental case can be really robust, but in the short term, you know, equities are still equities and the and the underlying commodity or, or metal is, is still the underlying commodity or metals. So, um uh, what am I trying to say? So even the big boys, I guess, is what I was saying, are not doing their thing yet. And then the the little boys and, and girls, um, especially those that the market knows need to finance, are being, in fact, Me. punished. You know, we talked about Revival Gold last yeah. week, and I was saying that stink bids might be the way to go for this very reason that they had to finance. And they, in fact, have been um, punished in the market as, as gold has remained above 1900. So... Um, all that to say, it's the same as what I've been saying. Gold is bullish. Uh, continue to add to the metal itself on pullbacks. And you only have to bother yourself with the highest quality, most liquid, um, cashed up companies to even put on your watch screen right now. I mean, these the other ones, you, you don't really have to, to spend any time looking at because um, they're going to have a rougher uh, time ahead in the next two months. So you'll be able to buy them cheaper. Agreed. Uh, we talked underlying commodities. Got to talk uranium. Uh, hit a 16-year high, I believe, as high as 74.50 this past week, sitting at 73 right now. Um, worth noting, before we get into the uranium dig, uh, the dollar index, you touched on the strong dollar. Gold looks beautiful to me in light of a 107 US dollar index, right? That's worth noting as well. I've, 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 I've insisted that, you know, for gold to break out to new all-time highs, and I've been saying this, I think, since 2016, we would need a cycle where the dollar goes higher, gold goes higher, and equities also go higher. I don't think that scenario can happen until Jerome chills, right, and eases up a little bit as far as the broader indices go. Now, for the reasons you mentioned, but that could be a quarter away. It could be two quarters away. And then I think, you know, it's it's, it's new all-time highs. So I also think new all-time highs are coming for the uranium space. Uh, I forget the group, the group, but a very well-known, respected uh, research outfit put out a note saying, you know, I've said uranium could, could overshoot to 200. Um, they said they could see a scenario where it could overshoot to 300 because of the lack of commitment from the utilities to contract for the next cycle at current prices. And so, again, talking about being early and being ahead of the trend and positioning your, 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 your stock portfolio well to be able to, to, to deal with pullbacks, uranium... It's at 73, compared to uranium equities, the equities still look very, very cheap to me, given what I think the runway is. And, you know, we mentioned some quality names. We've talked Sky Harbor, Sky Harbor in the past. We've talked UEC. We've talked, you know, I don't want to give you know, the, the, the whole thing away, but all of those are near 52-week highs. And this Hope in not. a tough, tough resource space. Um, 
hard not to like it at these levels. Thoughts on, 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 on uranium and the fundamentals there? Not too much new. No, it needed to get above that 73 level to be, you know, technically in a breakout. That was that was resistance. And I forget last check what it was, 7365 or, or something yeah. like that on the spot or 85. So um, it is breaking out. Um, I give you my caveat, of course, you know, with with spiked volatility, these prices can cut both ways and fast. But if there is a bright spot in the market, it's energy. Um, yeah, including uh, uranium, which I told you last week. Now the the, the spot prices uh, of the of the underlying commodity is um, uh, technically breaking out. So, um, and what was I going to say? Um, I guess you know a couple of things. Uh, one a freebie I'll give you is uh, Can Alaska. It's not a company I talk about a lot, but it's one I watch out of the corner of my eye. And um, they just approved a spin out of their nickel assets, so you can get uh, a freebie if you uh, become a shareholder um, here soon. I think they're trying to approve it by the end of the month, but it got a, a shareholder approval, so um, you'll get a share of their their nickel company when they spin it out. Um, and, you know that company is not one I own shares of, but it is one I watch, and it's sort of like a, a Sky Harbor ish type, you know, Canadian land bank deal. So anyway, um, a freebie one for your radar, and then. One that ate shit this week is um, is is Nuke that's scale. a technical term, folks. <laughs> which you know isn't a uranium company, but it got swept up into the sphere of the whole nuclear realm because it's a small modular reactor company. So this is the company whose ticker was SMR um, for small modular reactor, and they were the first company to win uh, approval of their design, their their small nuclear reactor design, but. Um, there was a short report issued on them um, uh, about them and one of their um, supposed clients uh, basically saying that the client was bullshit and was never going to be able to pay um, for the reactors that they had ordered or were planning to order. And so this is a stock that um, in August last year was um, over $14. And this is a stock today that trades at $3.50. So um, it was a $6 stock earlier this month. And uh, people are just, you know, completely uh, abandoning it. So um, I had taken a flyer just to, to force myself to pay attention and uh, will likely get rid of that flyer here soon. I uh, was thankful that I never recommended it, had done some research on it and, and never pulled the trigger. And, and sometimes, um, you know, your gut tells you not to recommend something for a reason. And in this case with New Scale, um, you know, whether or not these allegations are true, I don't know. But I do know that uh, the only price that matters is the last one. In this case, the, the last price is down significantly from uh, its recent highs. So if Google, you know, if you want to learn more, if you're interested in that company, you know, Google New Scale Short Report or whatever, it makes for interesting reading. Um, and also makes for, you know, continued education, right? You you know, what am I trying to say? You know, this is a new space, right? This is a mm -hmm. new type of technology. There's no established leaders. And so, you know, we talk often about black box technologies and, and why they can be risky and, and why we don't invest in them for the large part, whether that's, you know, some new exploration technique or some sort of um, extraction technology. You know, there's 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 technology and, and adoption risks. And anyway, seeing that here with with new scale and the, and the nuclear side of the market. So um, just thought it was worth mentioning, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. Also worth mentioning um, Bitcoin. A breakout, 35,000. Um, our in-house expert, Mr. Chris Curl, has been calling for this breakout um, months and months ago. Two subscribers just launched, and we talked about it last week, uh, the Million Dollar Crypto Club, Mr. Curl's 
uh, baby there. Thoughts on Bitcoin, the crypto space and the million dollar crypto club? Yeah, it's back to technically bullish. Um, I would say sign up to, to learn more from Chris at this point, because last week I told you we'd be bringing you this million dollar crypto club and, and this week it's here. So um, we'll put a link up either, um, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, we'll put a link in the description of the video. And, and if you're watching it embedded on, on Daily Profit Cycle, we'll have a link somewhere um, on the page. But, um, you know, this is if on the one hand, it's it's breaking out for the same and similar reasons that that gold is breaking out. And then it has some additional things going on, specifically the having that comes next spring, um, you know, that are that are additional catalysts that gold doesn't have. But um, the chart says it's it's back to technically bullish trend, and um, we'll see where it goes from here. I guess is what I'm going to say. And it's the same as gold now in that um, if you do get a pivot, whenever that is, um, it's going to you know push Bitcoin higher. And so in some ways, um, Bitcoin has the additional catalyst because it has everything going for it that, that gold does, plus the the happening. Um, it, it, now it has more inherent volatility, so it can cut both ways faster. You obviously got to keep that in mind, but um, worth having as 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 part of your portfolio, at least from where I sit, because you know immediately this week I start seeing these you know gold versus Bitcoin articles as as Bitcoin you know breaks back out, and it's not an or; it's like not even a question in my mind. It's an and, right? Right. Um, so I, I just don't even know why people entertain that. It's not even an argument for me, but. Uh, a bit of a rambling answer there, but um, I've always told you I was a, a long-term bull on Bitcoin. I did think it was going to get a bit cheaper but before it went up, but um, chart says it's bullish, and um, I'm glad I own some, just like I'm glad I have cash. Well, I'm glad that we allocated $50,000 of, well, of company funds to Mr. Curl to go and uh, grow that because I'm excited to see what that does as you know the, the, the trend continues to be favorable. I'm supposed to remind you every week, to check us out at dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe to never miss our updates, our insights, our research, my ranting, my raving, and the opinions from all of our talented editors at Daily Profit Cycle. I should also remind you, for those of you that are looking for, you know, specific research and guidance, go to digestpublishing.com. That is, you know, the 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 company that is host to a lot of the paid newsletters um, that we provide a ton of education. You can get, you know, uh, a publication and, and, and service across many, many, many sectors, whether it's the resource space, the crypto space, the tech space. And so I encourage everybody to go over there as well. Mr. Hodge, by the time we put this out, you will be in New Orleans. I will be en route. I want to encourage all of you, if you see this, if you see us, if uh, you, you catch us at the conference, Nick and I will be presenting. We'll actually be recording Bizarro World live from New Orleans. But if if they're subscribers or shareholders of you know some of the companies that we talk about here, and you see us, come and say hello. Uh, we'll have a drink, um, and maybe you know introduce you to a few of the companies that catch our eye from the trip. Always excited to get down there. I love New Orleans. I love the conference, and the networking is always good. And sometimes you even come out with a good idea or two. I was going to conclude with the same thing. Yeah, if there's something you want us to talk about in the podcast uh, and you can't make it, just um, drop it in the comments. And uh, next week's episode will be um, recorded live side by side, sort of like we did at, at Beaver Creek. And um, we look forward to either seeing you there or um, delivering this podcast to you if, if we don't see you in person. Perfect. Perfect. Anything else you want to get off your chest this week, Mr. Hodge? 
No, uh, I think that's it. Gearing up for the conference. Um, let's do it. This is Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 242 of our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. Be kind to each other out there, everybody. Send us off, Nick. See ya. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.